Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about learning to slow down in a world that isn't very slow. My name is Brooke McCallery. Thank you very much for joining us today. And my name is Ben McCallery and welcome to episode 196. We're very, very close to our 200th episode. We are indeed. Never thought that would happen. Never. Never. We're going to talk about a huge element of, I guess, how fast the world is at the moment mm-hmm. and is a major reason why it is, and that's technology. Yes. It's probably in the top three issue, I think, that anyone who talks to me about their efforts to slow down will mention as being problematic. It's technology. We're required or expected to be on all the time. Devices are designed to maximize our addiction to them. Like we're really up against it when it comes to technology. And I'm not anti-tech, of course. This podcast is is technology. Like <laughs> I wouldn't have the job that I have without it. And I think that there are so many good things about technology, like beyond social media. I mean, just phenomenal things that we can do as a result it's of a, all the it's a such a great tool. That's the word. Yes, it's a tool hmm. that we should use not be used by and Mm. i feel like we've made we're at kind of peak technology at the moment and people are struggling and Mm. i get that so the last couple of episodes and and today and next week i'm sort of pulling some topics out of the book which is now out uh and this is a big one so yeah for those following on at home this is chapter five and it's titled disconnect to reconnect let's get into it So, Brooke. Yes, Ben. In your book, you you basically start off this chapter by saying modern technology has delivered us a paradox in terms of whether it's personal connection or connection over technology. Yeah. Can I read can I read a bit of a passage? Yeah, go for it. Modern connection technology has delivered us a paradox. Sounds like something you just said, Ben. We have more connection and less humanity. We're hyper-engaged and increasingly isolated. We have more information and less critical thought. We see more tragedy and have less empathy. We enjoy more privilege but are less satisfied. We are sensitive to personal offence and desensitised to the suffering of others. The connected world offers us so much, so much to learn, to see, to share, to do. But hyper-connection brings with it a steep downside. Slow living provides an opportunity to step back, pay attention and question the ways we use technology to recalibrate our relationship with the constantly switched on, logged in world. It offers us an opportunity to disconnect in order to reconnect. How do you like to disconnect to reconnect? As regularly as possible. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean that, like that's not a flippant answer. It needs to be a regular practice. Do you do it every day? Yes. Do you do multiple times a day? Yes. Okay. It's it doesn't come easily. I'm going to say that straight up because like everyone else, technology has periods where it gets its claws in and you find yourself mindlessly scrolling or spending too much time on Twitter. 
you know, waiting to see what the next blow up is. And it needs to be a regular and consistent practice to switch off and disconnect in order to reconnect. And before I talk about like specific ways that I disconnect to reconnect every day, I think it's really important to focus kind of like I hate the word diet because it's this scarcity mindset. The second Mm. someone says you can never eat chocolate again, like, but I really want chocolate right now. Mm. And I think the same with enforced screen free time. If that's the end that we're, we're working towards, it may not be satisfying enough. So I like to focus on what you stand to gain by disconnecting. Okay. So is it almost like, technology light it's just intention yeah so it goes back to what we were talking about before which is the idea that technology is a tool and we need to use it as such and then put it down and go and do other things rather than be constantly attached to it so uh i'm just going to read another quick paragraph from the book because i really think it's important to understand that most of our interaction with technology particularly outside of work is a choice Mm. and we don't like hearing it but it is a choice So technology isn't the problem. It's how we choose to use it. And it is a choice. We choose to keep our phones in our pockets. We choose to put them on the dinner table. We choose to respond to emails at 11 p.m. We choose to update statuses when we're sick or in bed or on holidays or while someone who loves us waits for us to look at them. We choose to document an endless succession of precious personal moments and we choose to view so much of our life through a screen. And I think... Understanding that so much of it is a choice. Yes, it's ingrained. Yes, it's muscle memory, whatever else it is that we convince ourselves that, you know, we're kind of a passenger. We are choosing Mm. to allow technology to have such an impact. Mm. So choose instead to focus on the things that you will gain by disconnecting more frequently. So time, that's pretty self-explanatory. People waste hours a day Mm. mindlessly flicking humanity and personal connection. Now, technology absolutely has allowed us to to create communities that wouldn't otherwise exist, and I think that's awesome. Case in point, the slow home community. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But choosing to carry out all of your relationships or most of your relationships and interactions via technology puts us at a distance, and it's really easy to lose the humanity of those interactions. So we gain that back by disconnecting action it's really easy to convince ourselves that we're busy and productive when what we're actually doing is procrastinating lots of email shuffling lots of you know whatever it is being highly responsive to messages when we don't need to be when we could do it half an hour later that kind of stuff really does make us feel like we're being productive when we're not actually getting other things done Mm -hmm. peace and quiet it's pretty self-explanatory i think time to think and reflect without constant stimulus going in. I talk about this all the time. That's when you're going to have your big moments of realization or peace, you know, closure, whatever. Those moments happen when you're in the shower or when you're gardening or when you're doing some kind of mundane task Mm. and there's nothing going in to your head. You've got to give yourself the opportunity to have those moments more often. And also something that I think is a relatively new issue that people have, but it's comparisons. We reduce the number of comparisons and keeping up with the Joneses moments that we have when we disconnect more frequently. We're not constantly comparing what we have to what other people have. Yeah. So we stand to gain all of that stuff, which essentially equates to peace, peace Mm. of mind, I think. 
peace of mind, absolutely. So, Brooke, how do you disconnect on a regular basis? You said that you do it multiple times a day. So mm-hmm. what are the, some of the tools, habits or rituals that people can get into to, to do that? Yeah, I think it's a few boundaries. Just a couple of really simple boundaries is going to open up a lot more opportunity to to go screen light or tech light. Really simple ones that we have are no screens at the table. Everyone occasionally forgets, but we remind each other very frequently <laughs> if we do forget that, that that's just a... And I love how the kids enforce it as well. Which is great. I think that it should be a space that doesn't have that additional layer of distraction and no screens in any bedrooms. I think that is one that we did an experiment on last year and it revolutionised the way we sleep and the way we wake up. So those two are really Mm. simple, Mm. really simple changes to make. And I would encourage you to just set those boundaries in place for a month, do a little experiment yourself and see if going screen-free in the bedroom or screen-free dining table has an impact. Additionally, I like to almost schedule or build into your rhythm pockets of screen-free time. So the last hour of the night is really important for sleep. Yeah. Uh, And just let your brain chill out at the end of the day. You don't need to know what's happening on Facebook at 9.30 at night. I'm pretty sure it's okay if you don't find out until nine o'clock the next morning. And similarly in the mornings, try and have that because I know the days that I don't do that, it has an impact on my headspace for the day. You know, I like being able to wake up and meditate and have a shower and get dressed before I find out what's been going on, before I check my inbox, before I let anything else in. It just gives you that that block of self-care, I guess, self-preservation, protection. So those two things really are incredibly powerful and really simple. Anyone can do that regardless of what your work situation looks like. It doesn't have to be first thing or last thing. Just build some time into your day every day where you put that phone down, stick it in a drawer, turn it off, whatever it takes for you to not engage with it and go do something else. So that's, I guess, the experiment that you want people to do for the next week it is i'd love you to to just try more of those yeah and see how it goes if you do those things already try adding another period into your day or going somewhere that you know there is no wi-fi that's a really fun one to do i think and it it highlights how often we reach for our phones without even thinking about it if you go somewhere that there's no wi-fi signal you'll pretty quickly realize that you probably reach for your phone more than you think absolutely (laughs) So I would love to know how you go with that, if that's something that you already do, if that's something you're going to try and do more of. Uh, Yeah, and enjoy a a slower technology week. Good luck. (laughs) Have a good one. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.